Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Saya, and today we are here to talk about how to master your value prop in a cold call. You've been in a cold call, you already know, it can be one of the most nerve-wracking things. If you've already gotten past the hardest part, which I would say is the opener, then you got another challenge ahead of you, which is introducing your value proposition. And for those who don't know, that is essentially what you do, what you bring to the table, and why your prospect needs it. Now, you gotta be tactical in actually introducing this so that way your point gets across and your prospect understands what this is all about. So we're gonna show you how to do this and so much more. But of course, I wanna know where are you guys tuning in from? Throw it in the chat, I love to see these. And of course, switch your chat to everyone. So do me a favor, everybody, click that blue button in your chat and switch it from host and panelists to everyone. That way, we can see what you guys are writing. Now, I'm seeing this chat already blowing up and I love to see it. We got Alex here from San Diego, Richmond from Chicago. Yes. Welcome, Richmond. We got Kevin, you better be up SoCal <laughs> in San Diego. <laughs> Welcome, Kevin. Right. And of course, Adam from Detroit. Great to have you here. We even got India in the building in Israel. This is fantastic. We usually worldwide, so this is great to see. Welcome, everyone. So let me introduce to you guys our incredible speakers. We have Kevin Hopp. He's a founder of Hopp Consulting Group. We also have Ronan Passar. He's the founder of Ronan Passar Advisory. Now, Ronan, when it comes to cold calling, is it more about the number of dials or the quality of dials? Adrian, thank you for having me back. Love the show. <laughs> and I'm, I've been a longtime fan. And uh, it's great to be back on here. So, so yeah, like, look, this comes down to where in your career path you are. Early on, the number one thing you can do to accelerate your skill level is focus on the quantity, right? When you're early, you got to get over the all the bad, all the rusty, all the things that it, experience will teach you. You know, they say that experience is the mother of all education. But as you get better... And as you start to be able to hone your conversations in, controlling the call, like we're going to talk about today, to tell the prospect who you are, what it's about, create some curiosity and interest, that's when it's more important to focus on quality. Things like good list building strategy, which we're not going to talk about today, prospecting, how to actually you know, sharpen the axe. They say, uh, I think it was Abraham Lincoln who was famous for saying it, but like, you know, if I had 10 hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend the first eight sharpening my axe. You know, so that is so true when you have gotten past the introductory phase of being early in your cold call career. And now you're in that later phase where you have some skills, you've developed, focus on sharpening the axe more and then start chopping that tree down. Okay. I love that. That is very good advice. You got to sharpen your own axe. So start with those numbers, get it up, Get skin in the game and get ready because you're going to start killing cold calls, especially after this show. So before we dig right into it, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we are here to help you with our daily sales show. Yes, guys, we do this daily. So be sure to check out our upcoming calendar of shows. You can scan the QR code here or visit us at sellbetter.xyz or just check out this link in the chat. 
but I just went ahead and dropped. So, <laughs> and of course, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So special shout out to Outreach, Vidyard, and Zest. You guys haven't heard of these. Outreach is one of the best ways of reaching out to your prospects. Makes it easy. Sales engagement tool is phenomenal. Vidyard, you can send customized videos that increase your reply rates significantly. And Zest is a free-to-use gifting platform. Believe it or not, all you got to do is sign up and you can still start gifting right away. No annual contracts. Make it simple for you. And now we have our drop of the day. So Vidyard has four key strategies for running successful demos. I'm going to drop the link in the chat. If you want this, it gives you a basic layout of how you should be running your demos. Be sure to download this. It's free 99 and you got to check it out. So go ahead and click that link and see what it's all about. So what is today's agenda? We're going to be covering how to comfortably control the flow of sales conversations. In the cold call, you're moving fast. We're going to make sure you can actually take some time and get it on the right track. Those key questions you need to be asking. And lastly, how to smoothly lay out the sales process path, especially when you got those objections coming your way. I'm going to teach you guys how to handle some of those. Now I want to know who is in the room. This helps tailor the conversation. If I see there's more SDRs, I'm asking SDR questions. If I see there's a lot of senior leadership, like frontline managers or maybe some VPs in here, let me know. I'll ask more VP questions. I'll say, hey, Ronan, when it comes to being a VP, how can you prepare your entire sales team for a cold call? So let me know who's in the room. This is very important to the conversation. So let's get right into it here. I'm seeing that there's a lot of SDRs, about 58%, about 12% frontline managers, and 23% AEs. Kevin, does this surprise you at all? No, no, uh, not surprising. Uh, should should be, uh, you know, those who are focused on cold calling. Cold calling is part of the sales process, but it's a part that is in the beginning where we're prospecting, opening new relationships. So that is an SDR's job. So it makes a lot of sense. All right. So... One of the main things you said around cold calling is you need to make sure you're having a conversation in the first place. What did you mean by this? So I think one of the, one of the biggest mistakes that I see time and time again with teams that I coach is they think that cold calling is simply showing up, getting their value prop out as fast as possible and waiting for the person on the other end to say, yeah, actually, I'd love to buy that. You're offering me a demo of your stuff? Oh, come on. I'd love to do that. And people think that it's all about pitch and respond. And that as a salesperson, as a cold caller, my job is just to pitch as many people as I can. I'm here to tell you that if you focus on having a conversation, definition of a conversation is call and response, a two-way dialogue, you're going to have a better time. You're going to like your job more and you're going to get better at sales, which is actually what we're trying to do here. All right. There's prospecting and there's sales. Uh, to become a good salesperson, you have to be good at having conversations and you can do that in cold calling and you should be focusing on it. Okay. I like that. You want to make sure that it's actually a flow of conversation. You know, I've always said this, I had a mentor tell me it's like a random person on the street coming up to you and saying, Hey, give me your wallet. No one in their right mind is going to give them your wallet. <laughs> now right. the I might start running if someone does that. It, what, what was that, Roman? I said, you might run for it if someone does that. <laughs> that's exactly right. And that's why people get chased off phones, right? Because they just come in hot. Everyone, I want to hear from you in the comments or in the chat here. Put a one in the chat if you've been guilty of this before. You hop on a cold call and you just go for the demo without realizing 
oh snap, um, probably shouldn't have done that. And put it to if you've learned and now you've developed it into an actual conversation. Okay, because I've definitely learned from experience and now it's about that convo. I'm already seeing a lot of twos here. Chris here with the 1.5. So <laughs> slowly getting there. I love that. That too. <laughs> now, Ronan, you had an amazing framework here when it came to cold calling. And that was about the actual conversation itself and how you should divide it. Can you break this down for me? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I've learned through experience, uh, cold calling for eight years and managing plenty of SDRs. And in the last like six months alone, 133 boot camp students who have come through, like this framework is designed to have control of the conversation and answer two big questions. Who is this? What's this about? And ultimately get the prospect to the most important point of the call, which is to understand, look, do you have the challenge that I solve for? And are you interested enough to learn more about it? One of the biggest mistakes I see happening on cold calls is, um, you know, prospects are thinking that you're trying to get them into some sort of sale, but you want to shift their mindset into, I'm not looking to sell you anything. I'm looking for time. It's a lot of a lower commitment when I'm asking for time. So this framework takes you through, really, you could actually even cut out one of these steps if you need to, which is the third one. So it's a five to six closed ended questions that lead to an open conversation. The opener, the goal is really straightforward. You just got to get permission to keep going. If you're losing them at the opener, my recommendation is try to listen to back to recordings if you can and check your tone. Check your tone. Like, do you sound like uh, every other cold caller or do you sound engaging? Do you sound different? Your tone is the best pattern interruption out there in the world. Now, the transition question is something that helps go from that opener into the reason for your call. Um, and I also have the script that you guys can steal this whole thing and try it out for size for yourself. Um, it's, you know, in my LinkedIn profile and it's something up. Oh, there we go. Thanks for dropping that, Maria. Um, and that the pre-qual question is only necessary if 100% of the time you need something to be true to have a meeting. So for example, um, if I have an integration with outreach and I'm an outreach uh, plugin, so I need to know if you have outreach or not. The pre-qual question just sounds like this, like, Hey, before I do my whole dog and pony show here, um, just want to check real quickly to make sure this is even a relevant call for you. Uh, my research says you were using outreach. Is that still the case? I cannot tell you how frustrating it is when you hear managers tell their SDRs to spend so much time qualifying prospects on a cold call. The point of the cold call is not to go through a lengthy 10-minute qualification. That is one of the worst things you could do because you're catching someone out of the blue. Chances are they don't have, you don't have their attention completely. So you have to keep pulling it in. And then we'll get into it in a bit, but the heart of the script is the probing question and the provoking question. You want to poke the bear. You want to find the wound and stick your finger in the wound. And that I know it sounds gruesome. Maybe I'll pick a different analogy next time, but you want to be able to ask a hard question that gets your prospect to the point where they're like, no, I actually don't have a way of achieving that. I'm curious to learn more and then ultimately be able to close using that curiosity. So that's um, this is adapted from, you know, uh, very like loosely adapted from Jordan Balfour's straight line method, which is the Wolf of Wall Street, just without all the cringe and griminess that he has in, in his approach. <laughs> that is a very key element there, guys. You don't want to include that cringe or griminess, you know, don't give the stereo the stereotypical 
a salesperson that we're portrayed in as in movies, you know, where everyone's so much better than that. And that's why these, this framework can work very well. And just getting it to that provoking question, you, you want to get to know more through these closed-ended questions until you open it up. Now, Kevin, I understand that you use something very similar. You just have a little bit of a different strategy. Oh, what is that? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I follow a, a very similar flow in the call. Uh, my style is different. Now, your style, anyone watching this, your style might be different as well. Instead of trying to put a finger in a wound, uh, I, I prefer to have a business level conversation with someone. Now let's, let's break down that term business, like a business conversation to have a good business conversation. You have to understand business. Now that might sound silly, but what I suggest doing instead of asking a bunch of closed ended questions that are yes, no, to get someone to the point where they're like, yeah, oh my gosh, I never thought about doing that lead with, Hey, I speak to people like you. And I help them solve these sort of challenges in their business. Now, what you're telling them when you lay this out in the beginning of your pitch is, I understand you. Uh, we can talk. You can talk business with me. I'm not a, a stranger off the street who doesn't know anything about your stuff and is just trying to sell you something. I'm trying to have a conversation about your business, what's going on inside of it. I'm going to provide the context, not by asking closed-ended questions in my methodology, but actually by talking to them about the problems and solutions that I have and provide, right? So instead of asking for it, you kind of assume it almost and and, and roll right into it. It's just a, uh, a slightly different way of getting to the a very similar thing. Probing and provoking are built into both of our methodology. All right. Now I want to hear from our audience. Do you guys use more of a direct form of cold calling? So go ahead and put direct as in, I just asked closed-ended, closed-ended, and then I got open-ended questions, you know? Or are you more of the assumptive? You introduce the problems that you think they have. You can just put assumption right there into the chat if you guys do that. So direct or assumption, I would love to see some of these and see what it is. So I see Patrick here uses more of the assumptive, like, hey, I think you have this problem. Actually, I'm seeing a lot of assumptions in the chat. Uh, great to see. So now we get an idea of what the styles are for everyone in the room. Um, both of these work extremely well right? Both of these can be good. It's just about what your style is, which is very important. You need to really dig into what your style is. And my recommendation, you guys should just try both of them out and see what works best for you. Now, I also have one more question for here, everyone that's in the room. What part of the cold call do you guys struggle with the most? Is it the opener? Are you keeping the conversation going? Is that a struggle for you? Or maybe introducing your value prop? Or how about scheduling next steps? I know I have been stuck on each of these steps during my time as a salesperson. So let me know which one is the most difficult for you. And I would love to see some of these. Now, Ronan, you mentioned this about the probe and provoke. So I kind of want to dig deeper into this. What is it exactly? And how do you do it effectively? Totally. The probe is essentially the... I'd say like the linchpin, the most important part of the call, which is to say, do you have the challenge that I solve for? Now, one of the common ways people are trained on this, thanks to sales trainers out there like Sailor and some of the others that have been around for a long time, is they ask a question that sounds open-ended. And the reason this doesn't work is that um, it leads prospects to an unguided response. So the thing here with the probe is you eventually do ask an open-ended question, but first you have to sort of guide them. And so the probe is 
an open-ended, uh, close-ended question that starts with, hey, out of curiosity, when it comes to this business challenge, do you already have a way to solve that? I'll give you an example. Um, you know, if I'm using, I'll uh, pick one of your uh, sponsors from today. So if do this off the top of my head. Um, hey, out of curiosity, when it comes to being able to follow up with your prospects, do you already have a way to automate all the follow-up steps in a logical sequence? No. It's like, oh, hey, no, no stress or anything. Like, look, I actually hear that all the time. I'm super curious. Have you ever considered technology that would allow you to three to four X your SDR team's outreach by using logical follow-up steps built into their workflow? Thought about it, but didn't know it existed. And so right there, that's the probe and provoke. And in that case, that would be for outreach, right? For their core feature, the, you know, being able to, to run a sequence. And so the idea is at that point, now I can have a conversation. Now that I've given them the exact answer specifically to what is this call about? Who is this? But with a little bit of context, that opens up the conversation. And this is 100% of the time where you'll start to get all the real business base objections, where you'll start to get all of the, uh, you know, you know what, actually we looked at that. And every time I use this approach, this is where the conversation really takes off. So it's, a, it's about taking them through the steps of those those like really three, four closed-ended questions to open up for a business conversation about uh, what it is that you do and how that could help them and try to create a little bit more of that curiosity so that when you go for the close, they're open to it. I see how this could work really well for introducing your value proposition. You're basically asking questions around that value proposition until you fully get them in the hook for that open-ended, you know, okay, exactly. Tell me more about what you need because we could provide it. Now, Kevin, I see here with the assumptive approach, uh, Jonathan says, assumptive is good as people love telling me I'm wrong. Now, have you found that being the case? Because I'm seeing here in the question we asked earlier, about 37% of people had an issue keeping the conversation going. So I can imagine someone saying, that's not right. Some people can fumble the ball. So what do you like to do with, hey, uh, no, that's not it at all? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So this this goes back to a, a concept that Ronan and I are both huge fans of. See, it's actually math and no one can really argue it. And it's the idea. That comes to the, the whiteboard. <laughs> the buyers, the buyer's pyramid, right? So if you think about your total addressable market, everybody you're trying to sell to, can if you could fit them into a pyramid, only about top, you know, one to three percent is buying right now. Right. So if you come up with this assumptive, like a, a very assumptive pitch of, hey, Mr. CISO, I'm calling you because I help people like you secure their organizations. And aren't you glad I called to save the day? They're gonna say, what? 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 Dude, I'm I'm I live here. I, I don't I don't have the business challenge you're talking about. You're talking about security? I do security. Thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. Take a hike, right? Understanding that most people don't have in this buyer's period, they don't have the business challenge right now. Their hair's not on fire, right? Uh, that that's something that that when I was a cold caller in, in training, you get all hyped up about your solution. You get all hyped up about like you know, marketing pumps you up is like, dude, we are changing the world. I'm gonna go have conversations, and they're gonna be so excited to hear from me. And then when you make those calls, you find out most people are good. I'm good. Uh, we're all set. Uh, I'm not interested. You know, you get hit with that constantly and you start to think you're like, damn. All right. So maybe I shouldn't come out the gate and just assume that your hair is on fire. 
But what you can do is assume that they might have problems in a certain area. And the question at the end of the way that I design pitches is way more pointed towards how are you solving that business challenge today? Because the answer can be, yeah, we have a solution, right? So um, I, I want to clearly underline that I love Ronan's approach. If you're selling something that is very disruptive, because the 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 idea of asking, have you ever thought of, or do you have a way to, is really in a good way to do it if you're selling something that is very cutting edge. Now, if you're selling accounting software, if you're selling uh, telecommunications, and you call somebody, you call an IT director and say, I'm curious, do you have a way to call your call your employees today? They're going to say, yeah, dude, you called me on a telephone, right? <laughs> so I think that um, there is absolutely a place for both methodologies, but the way that the way that I lean into getting people to say you're right or wrong is trying to get them just talking about their business, get them talking about their business, right? And there's two, there's, there's multiple ways to do it, but if you can get them talking about their business, that's when we can uncover objections and objections are real and some of them are fake. And I think that's what we're going to cover next. All right. Now I want to hear from our audience. What is your favorite question to ask on a cold call? Go ahead and throw it in the chat. I love to see some of these. Like you said, Kevin, you want to keep that conversation going, but you also really just want to know what is going on with their business. Sometimes asking that particular question can really get them talking. So I'm already seeing some of these in the chat. Holly says, what most in what are you most interested in meeting with me today? So why are you even talking to me today? Uh, what do you wish your system could do that it can't do right now? Kerry says, I mean, that, these are very good. That's a good one. Those are sales questions, though. You know, Renata, Renata made a really good point earlier that like cold calls aren't for discovery. Cold calls are for setting a meeting. Mm, totally. Right. So, and also, don't forget, some of these questions can send your prospect into a direction that has nothing to do with you. And once they're there, and you're like, oh, that's like if I said to them, um, hey, you know, what's the biggest challenge you're faced with today as like my opening question? And they go, Oh yeah, uh, I'd say it has to do with hiring and recruiting. You know, we're really having a hard time finding good people, and you're you're calling to sell them software that has to do with like sales effectiveness or something like that. It you you're just you just totally pulled them into a different direction, and so that's the danger of asking a little bit too early something that is an unguided question. And there's actually a really um, there's an approach I was trained on a while back. By some folks who've been doing this way longer than me, way longer. And what they specifically trained us on is to not guide the prospect at all, but just go straight in for an ask for time. <laughs> and like when I then did that with my team of 40 SDRs at the time, we saw a huge dip in qualified meetings. Sure, we booked more, but they didn't go anywhere because prospects were like, oh, I, I had no idea what this was actually about. Uh, I just took the meeting because it was like, I don't know, I wanted to. Yeah, I thought this was something else. Or I wanted to learn something. So the danger ultimately in like going with a fully unguided approach and just like, what's on your mind? What are some of the challenges that you're faced with? It, you lead to this place where it's like no man's land territory. You don't know what you're going to get back. Very true. So you want to be able to put some guardrails in the conversation so that way you can actually take it in the right direction. So some of these questions I'm seeing in the chat are great. You got to make sure that you're asking the right questions at the right time, right? So I'm seeing some of these that would be amazing for a demo. They're already agreed to the demo. Yeah. Some of these are spot on. 
when you're in the cold call, you want to make sure that you got those guardrail questions that lead them to that value proposition. Which brings me to my next question for you guys. Do you struggle to bring in your value proposition? Okay. I saw some of these questions that I want to know. Are you guys struggling with this? Like when it comes to actually introducing what you do, do you feel like you're really struggling? You only struggle sometimes or are you just like spot on? I'm nailing it every time. Or maybe it's something else. And you can let me know in the chat. Love, want to see some of these. Now, Ronan, you had some examples here of a probing question. Now, can you break some of these down for me? What exactly am I looking at? Totally. Yeah. So um, if you download the script, you can follow along and do this with your own approach here. Um, but essentially, this is the first piece of the script that is like the core of it. The second part is the provoke. The probing question is meant to be a question around current day problems that you have in your business. Current day. So right now, the provoke is the second half of it is about future oriented desires. So I always start with something called a humble disclaimer. A humble disclaimer is something that lowers the guard of your prospect because what you're about to say is a hard question. You're essentially saying, do you do something that is part of your job well enough as you should be doing it? That is audacious. Like, could you imagine cold calling an executive who's been in the role for like 20 to 30 years and you're just like, oh, hey, your baby's ugly. You don't know what you're doing. You're an idiot. Good luck. Like, so there's an element of that, but that's also the beauty of what makes it so good. Asking hard questions resonates with prospects. You sound different. That's called a pattern interruption. So the humble disclaimer, if you want to change it up from just out of curiosity, it could be like, hey, look, this next question isn't meant to be a gotcha or anything. I'm not trying to call your baby ugly or say you have no idea how to do marketing if you're a CMO. But look, out of curiosity, do you already have a way to solve this business challenge and you want to ask it. The reason I ask it in a no-oriented fashion is because, as Chris Voss has taught us in his awesome book, and lots of people know, psychology teaches us that prospects, people often want to say no easier and faster than saying yes. So we go for no instead of going for yes. So you just switch it to be said in the negative. Do you already have a way to solve this problem, assuming that they don't? Or they're going to correct you and say, yes, I do. In which case, wonderful. You've just entered a qualified conversation with a prospect who might be using an old school approach or your competitor. So if they say no, you again want to just reassure them. Hey, look, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say you don't know what you're doing at this job, but have you ever considered and then you shift them into the future oriented part of it, the provoking question. So that's, that's the main idea of the probe. And look, there are some rules. Get rid of all the marketing jargon. I, don't use words like omnichannel and streamline. Don't talk about efficiency. Don't talk about cost savings. Don't talk about time savings. You will sound like everyone else and you will lose your prospect almost 100% of the time. So if marketing wrote it, light it on fire. Second thing, it's great level. <laughs> Open up chat GPT, write your provoking or probing statement and then say, chat GPT, rewrite this for a fifth grader and make it less than 20 words. Make it punchy to the point and hit hard. You're allowed to hit hard with this question. It's okay. That will make it resonate more. So don't tell your marketing team I told you to light their script on fire though. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like how you say that uh, even use AI in your system just to simplify the process. We had an incredible show actually this past Monday and it was about using AI to just simplify your scripts. 
So I want to know from people in the audience, put a one in the chat if you're using AI right now, not to do things for you or like to send out outreach, but rather simplify your process, right? If is it helping you, just put a one, put a two. If you haven't, maybe you're considering it, right? So I'm already seeing tons of ones in the chat. Love it. AI is definitely your friend in this situation. Use it to shorten your your, your verbiage, you know, your, your emails, cold call, all of it. It's very helpful. Now, Kevin, one thing Ronan said here, and I'm seeing actually it backs with this question, 67% of our audience is struggling with their value prop. Okay. They do it sometimes. About 29% are just for sure. Yeah, I'm struggling. Now, one thing I noticed that makes a big difference with introducing it is your tone. How should people be approaching this? They can ask the right questions with the guardrails, as you mentioned, but what about the tone when they present it? Sure. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, and then there, I've actually seen different philosophies on this. Uh, I, I saw some guy the other day post that when he talks about what he does, he always ends it with a very uncertain and curious tone. And I'm like, I don't think that'll work. I, I, I'm really curious to see if people are like, yeah, we do this. And, and, and he was talking about how he thinks it's the bee's knees. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I think that uh, when you're talking about your value proposition, there's a lot of common mistakes people make. I think the, the number one uh, mistake that people make is they talk about me, 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 me. Oh, this is what we do. And it is beautiful. And it's it's well-designed. And it's got all the best features. And, da, 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 and that's their value proposition. And they're surprised when the prospect goes, all right, all right cool. I, I'm not interested. Because they're not putting it, it into context. And they're not talking about with them, right? Are we familiar with the term with them? What's in it for me? Everybody wants to know what's in it for me. So I, when it comes to tone and the value proposition, I'm a huge fan of having a very confident tone and ending that value proposition with a bit of a question towards what they're doing today. Get it back towards their business, right? Um, because as we know from this, most people have a solution today, right? Unless you're selling something that is you know crazy brand new, which some people are. Most people you're selling into a competitive environment. And if it's a competitive environment, you want to confidently be able to talk about what you do better and differently. Different is really important, in my opinion. Very true. And the confidence needs to, needs, it comes over time, right? The first times I remember picking up the phone, introducing my opener and my value prop with such shakiness, it was easy to reject. It's like, I don't really know what I'm, the, my prospect is probably thinking, I don't even know why I'm on this call right now. So when you're confident though, they already, they're like hypnotized into the conversation. Just got to do a lot of cold calls to gain that confidence in your own tone. One of the best ways to do this, guys, listen to your calls, replay it, hear the way you inflict your, your voice and just practice it over and over and you'll get a lot better. I promise. Now, yeah, don't, uh, no, no there, Adrian practice. You said the magic word. You can practice your value proposition with anybody. You can get home, ask your your spouse or your your loved one. Hey, I, let, let's do a little role play here. Ask me what we do. What do you do? You know, like ask what what is outreach? What is Vidyard? Whatever company you work for, and be able to confidently talk about it. Practice, practice, practice. That, that's the part that you can practice without a prospect. You don't need a cold call to do that. Just ask someone. Ask your close friend. Be like, hey, just respond back to me real quick. I'm going to say, just do this question and I'm going to respond. Just listen. I like that. It really helps. Now, Ronan, when it comes to your 
um, provoking question. So we covered the, the probing. Now the provoking question. Can you break this down? I know you had this example. Can you tell me more about it? Yeah. So this is the magic part of the script. This is where it all comes together. And in my experience, I mean, I still cold call almost every day. In my experience, this is where the conversation picks up. And it's because the prospect knows exactly what we're talking about, whether or not this is a challenge that they have. So the idea of the provoking question uh, is to be future oriented and specifically address the problem that you just mentioned. One thing that's really important to note with the probe and the provoke, I get this question all the time. People say, yeah, but my product does 16 things. So like, how do I put that all in there? You don't. <laughs> you pick one. And how do you pick one? Pick the thing that is most top of mind for your prospect to your best of ability. Don't choose the thing that might be the most shiny or the thing that maybe even has the greatest ROI, but pick the thing they think about the most if you know which one that is and script your probe and provoke around that one thing. You got to pick one, one horse. And the beauty of all of this, and we'll talk about this later when we talk about the problem stack, we're not going to discard all the other things you do. They'll just come in later if you need to use them later. The goal is to get time. You don't need to talk about 16 things to get time. So, okay, probe probing. I asked the question. Now I'm going to provoke. You know, Adrian, that was actually why I was reaching out. Look, have you ever considered technology that will allow your entire SDR team to make sure that you never miss a hot lead, low-hanging fruit, or someone who, with one more email or call, would have booked a meeting and turned into a six-figure customer? Because that's what we do at Outreach. <laughs> so you ask it in this format where it's like, this is my, write this one down. If you don't take anything except for this line, for your cold calling, you will get value out of this showing up here. Write this line down. That's actually why I was calling. It is the ultimate response to everything in a cold call. Hey, can you email me? That was actually why I was calling. Happy to send you an email, but I've still never heard back from all the people I've emailed. Would it be crazy if you know we just found 30 minutes on Friday afternoon? That's actually why I was calling. So have you ever considered is prompting the future-oriented thought. Now, the formula for you, have you ever considered solving this business challenge with, as Kevin beautifully stated, your unique differentiated solution? This is, Kevin is like the king at this, right? It's the thing about how do you stand out differently if you sell uh, payroll software, right? This is where you need to know where you're different and you're going to plug that into the provoking statement that is future-oriented Hey, that was actually why I called. Have you ever considered technology that would do this, solve this business challenge and give you this kind of a value? And if you want to then really ask an open-ended question and kickstart the conversation, just follow it up with anything like that on your radar. I like that. I like that. So first, that's actually why I was calling. Anything like that on your radar, you can do it to just finish it off. These are great ones that save you time and can actually help you get even objections out of the way. Now, speaking of which, our next topic here is the two types of most common objections. So that's going to be the brush off and the real business based questions. Now, Kevin, what is the difference between the two? Well, well uh, cold calling is really unique. In, in most things in business, because cold calling is this like act that we do that is on our time. Who decides when they cold call? Uh, you do, right? Who decides when they want to have that conversation? You do, the salesperson, right? 
and uh, prospects are not always available. <laughs> I mean, how many people on this webinar have called someone and they say, yeah, I'm actually busy right now. It turns out people have lives. They're on Zooms. They're walking on the beach with their dog. They, they're driving down the street. They're juggling multiple things. That's when we get what we might call a brush off objection. It's not a real objection to what you're calling about. It's an objection to the fact that you called it all. That's what an obje a brush off objection is. The other is what we actually really like. And that's a business objection. A real business-based objection is something that actually kickstarts a call. And there is a metaphor that Ronan and I violently agree on. And the metaphor is instead of handling objections with a jabbing and a back and forth, like a boxing match, using lines like, that's actually the reason for my call, is the equivalent of verbal judo. Judo is the martial art of using people's momentum against them. We're not punching people in the face. Instead, we're trying to get them to talk more and more and more by using what they said and turning it around a little bit, right? So I, I could not agree more. And, and Rodan highlighted it perfectly that if you take nothing away, like that line is gold. You will increase your length of conversation time, which increases your learning. It will increase your meeting set rate overall. Um, you want to get people talking. And they're, uh, the first objection out their mouth is generally a brush off if they're busy or they've nailed exactly what you do and they know a lot about you. So that that's also some people on this, you know, might be selling, you know, let's say you're selling outreach or sales law. Who hasn't heard? Who, who in tech sales has not heard of outreach or sales law, right? So if you get through your value proposition talking about what outreach is, someone might hit you with the business objection that is, I know who you are. I know all about it. I know your pricing. I know everything. I've used it in past companies and we are not using that. And I'm not interested in talking about it, right? So, uh, I guess the, the point here is that there are two types of objections and knowing the difference between I'm objecting to what you're calling about and I'm objection I'm objecting to the fact that you're calling, those are the two different types. Big differences there. Big differences. Now, we are running short on time, so I want to let you guys know we are going to be doing a quick Q&A, so throw those questions in the chat. I want to see them. Now, Ronan, I know a big objection what's business-based nowadays is I don't have a budget. We don't have budget for this. The economy is shaky. What do I do? I, I don't got a budget for what you're you're pitching. What do you do in this situation? All right. So when we talk about objections, there's a framework that I love teaching people as an acronym to remember. So write this one down. You want to be armed to handle any objection. And that's it. A-R-M. So the A stands for the first thing you've got to do is acknowledge what they just said. Oh, yeah. I totally understand that you don't have any budget right now. Maybe your CFO. Oh, man, Kevin, you've been working out, bro. Um, my CFO just told me everything goes through finance. So acknowledge it. If you want to do next level judo acknowledgement, you could do what Chris Voss calls mirror and labeling. Oh, it sounds like uh, when it comes to getting solutions and technology you need, you have to go through internal hoops. That must be frustrating. That's a, that's a label. You label their emotion. If you want to do uh, true mirroring, you just echo back. Oh, not no uh, no budget for this. That's called a mirror. So that's one way to acknowledge responding. Now this is the stuff that actually addresses the objection. Now, like Kevin said, if you skip the acknowledgement, you're going 18 rounds with your prospect. You're both going to leave bloodied, bruised. No one's going to be happy. That's boxing. So the acknowledgement is the first piece that switches from boxing to judo. To acknowledge something like, oh yeah, we don't have any budget. 
we we all know what to say. Look, I totally get it. Hey, you got to crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run. I like to go on dates before I get married. I'm not I'm not trying to propose that <laughs> we sell you anything today. In fact, my company has invested a lot in free resources and things that will create value for you, but only if you are interested enough to just be knowledgeable on what it is we can do for you, even even if that's in the future. Would it be totally crazy if we found 30 minutes in the next week or two, maybe Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m., where we can share a little bit more about how we can help you You know, when you decide that there's enough need here for the budget to actually be approved? And that's the last piece of the arm to acknowledge, respond, and then the meet. So in this case, you want to ask for the meeting. If it's a brush off objection, you're not asking for a meeting. Rather, you're just asking to be able to continue the call. But in this case, you ask for the meeting and you go for the close. I have seen SDRs do this five times on a cold call, book a meeting, and that becomes a six-figure customer. I've seen that firsthand. I saw my like one SDR in her third week, first time she picked up the phone. She went with this approach and just kept going for it, also turned into a customer. Like this, you have to realize we are competing for attention in today's world. And so when we're competing for attention, the hardest thing to do is cut through the noise. But when you tell people you hear them by acknowledging, responding to the objection, and then you ask for some time, you've just won. You've beat everyone else out who's competing for their attention when you can show up in front of them and have a valuable conversation and have your AE or yourself run the discovery call or that first call. Love it. Love it. These are really tactful. The R method sounds like it can get cut right through that noise of the objection and get right to the mean potatoes, uh, as it suggests. So um, we're running low on time, so I want to make sure we get this across. Kevin, where can the people find you? Oh, uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's a really good place to follow me. I actually have a live cold calling show as well. Uh, I got a, a episode of that coming up next Tuesday. So if you want to hear me cold call live with a guest, follow the page, hop on calls and uh, tune into the live show. Links in there. Thank you very much for dropping those. Uh, that's that's the best place to connect with me. All right. And Ronan, where could the people find you? Likewise, LinkedIn here. Thank you for Maria for dropping that link. Um, I'm also just launching one of the most exciting things I've ever done, which is an intensive three-week boot camp experience. And I mean intensive. We meet four days a week for 75 minutes and I take people through all of this. Look, it's not for everyone. I only have a few spots, but it'll be completely transformative. Um, so if that's something that you're thinking about, you really want to level up your skills, I'm going to drop the link here. You can learn more about the boot camp. Um, and if you want to just DM me on LinkedIn, say, hey, I'm always down for a quick chat. So feel free to connect on LinkedIn to say hello. Fantastic. Now we have time here for one question. And Jonathan asks, uh, Kevin is going to go to you if you can answer it in two minutes or less. It would be great. <laughs> so the question is, how do you know when the right time to stop asking questions and set up the next call will be? Or do you just suggest that you keep it going? Mm, I love that. I love that question because sometimes when you get someone on the on the phone and they're talking, you might have this tendency to start qualifying and start going down the river and start asking them all this stuff. The biggest problem, as Renan talked about here, is like you're not cold calling to sell something right then and there. And if you take someone from I didn't know you were calling to are we're fully evaluating buying my platform, whatever it is, in one call, we're gonna miss because they weren't ready for this, right? So the way that I talk about this is there are two things you set meetings for, right? 
actually have an online course too. You can find it from my LinkedIn profile. Check it out. I talk about this. And the, the two things you set meetings around are business problems and valuable solutions. Well, once the prospect has told you with their words, not yours, that they have a business challenge that you solve for, or their hair might, their hair might not be on fire, that they are interested in the valuable solutions that you provide, that's when you set the meeting. And you should be able to underline it. You should be able to tell your AE, the, the, the CC'd email to your AE is, we are meeting about X because they told you a business challenge or a valuable solution that they're interested in talking in. That's when you stop. I love it. Love it. Well, guys, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much, Ronan. Thank you so much, Kevin. This has been fantastic. And thank you to everyone in the crowd who has been engaging. Love to see it. And of course, we will catch you all in the next one. And be sure to fill out the survey that's at the end of this show. All right, everyone. We'll catch you soon. And peace out. Happy dialing, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>